All right, welcome back to the big program. Time to elevate your game by Ram Elevators and Lifts. Unlock the potential of your residence uh, with a home elevator or lift. You can learn more at TrustRam.com as we uh, welcome in Lawrence Murray from The Athletic covering the L.A. Clippers. Uh, Lawrence, you're with Kevin Carius and uh, former NHLer David Schlemko. Welcome to Sports 1440. Thank you. Thank you for having me this morning. Yeah, and thanks for being on. Uh, actually, you know what? We had uh, Keith Pompey of the Philadelphia Inquirer on earlier in the show to break down the James Harden trade from a Sixers perspective. Uh, give us your initial thoughts from a Clippers perspective. Well, from a Clippers perspective, man, like they got all the L.A. dudes playing for the L.A. team, man. So I might not be the L.A. team everybody around the world associates with. But certainly the L.A. team has been been out here doing it uh, for the better part of the last decade. And ironically, the Clippers play the Lakers uh, Wednesday night to kick off the month of November. And it's going, to be, it's going to be very interesting to see how the pieces fit on both ends of the floor. I think everybody's going to wonder about the offense. You know, uh, there's only one basketball, as you know, in this sport. So guys are going to have to enhance each other. But on the defensive end, how do you get James to buy into the concept of helping those other guys get stops? I think both sides are fascinating, and I can't wait to see it, really. Did the Sixers want uh, Terrence Mann as part of this trade? I bet they did. I bet the whole league would probably want a guy like Terrence Mann. We just saw the Denver Nuggets win a championship, and a major piece of that championship was Bruce Brown, a player who can fill any of the five positions depending on what you're asking for and defend those positions and, again, enhance the stars. Terrence does that. Uh, in some ways, he does it better than Bruce. Uh, I think Terrence is an even better finisher than Bruce is and a little bit bigger. So Terrence is a valuable player for what the league wants in their role players, and the Clippers were right to value him as well and to keep him out of this trade. Lawrence Murray from The Athletic uh, is our guest. Carrie Schlemko, Sports 1440. Uh, Lawrence, how long or how quick will it uh, be before James Harden kind of gets up and running here for the Clippers? Running is a, is a, is a funny word to use as part of this. My man, we did not see him play in the preseason. And so I believe he wanted to get at least one preseason game, and he took a personal leave. Right before that happened, I think him not being traded was a part, but not the entire story with that. And so with him not playing, uh, I think that it would be unwise to have him play tonight. This is the second night of the back-to-back for the Clippers. But they have four days off afterwards, and that gives you enough time to get into the building, get onto the practice floor, travel to New York, practice again, and get ready to play Monday night at the Garden. And so that's a good time to build that camaraderie, make sure that he has uh, enough of an understanding of what this team does from a play set standpoint. He obviously has been in the NBA and can get buckets in his sleep. So that part is not that difficult to integrate. But in terms of the other stuff, making sure that he's right physically and just right from a team standpoint, I think that they can use some time. There's no rush. At earliest, it'll be Monday night. 
So, Lawrence, you said it. Uh, the Clippers are not generally the team that people associate with L.A. as far as basketball goes. But uh, like you also said, we got some local L.A. boys now. They seem to have a lot of pieces. Is, is this the year that L.A. kind of finally embraces the Clippers? Uh, nah. <laughs> <laughs> like, embracing the Clippers is like a thing that should have happened by now. And it's going to take a championship, man. Like, that's right. what these guys are here for. They got to win. And so, being a good regular season team, I mean, I guess that would matter if people actually watch the games. People love to not watch basketball games. And people will definitely love to watch uh, not watch when the Clippers keep beating the Lakers. So clearly, something that's happened for 11 times in a row, some like 32, 37, 33 of the last 40 meetings or whatever, the Clippers have beaten the Lakers. That has not turned the tide. Obviously, the Lakers have won a chip in that stretch. So it, it takes a championship to really capture hearts and minds in a city that has a whole lot of other better things to do than to watch the quote-unquote other basketball team. And <laughs> I say this as an L.A. resident for 14 years, and I say this as someone who's been around and covered this team uh, for the be- greater part of the last decade. You know, I was lucky enough to be at the then Staples Center for both games and a Kings game, and just to see the difference in the atmosphere between you know, the Lakers and the Clippers, is it's uh, it's a big, big, it was a big difference. Maybe this closes the gap, as we guess, with Lawrence Murray uh, from The Athletic uh, covering the Clippers. And, um, you know, in a sense, Lawrence, is this an opportunity where where James Harden doesn't have to worry about scoring as much? Because he got, he does have guys like, like Paul George and Kawhi Leonard to maybe distribute the ball more going forward. Is that uh, is that something that you see evolving in this trade? I Honestly, Paul and Kawhi are just different players compared to, you know, a lot of other stars. Like, those dudes are cool not being on the ball. And so, when you think about it, like, the pressure really isn't on them. Um, I think Russ probably has more pressure, but he knows James. He's played with James in two different phases of his career previously, and now he gets to play with James on this team with Paul and Kawhi, I think the pressure is alleviated. You know, James isn't coming here to be MVP James. Mm-hmm. He's not even coming here to be the James he was in Philadelphia where he wasn't an all-star and led league and assists. He's being brought here to protect all those dudes, ensure the team in the regular season so that they don't have to worry about a playing tournament. And then in the playoffs, instead of James getting locked up because he's top of the scouting report, James is going to have an opportunity to play off of those dudes, and hopefully that improves his efficiency as a scorer in the most important part of the year, which is going to be the playoffs, as well as be the playmaker that makes the game easier for Kawhi and Paul specifically, and the other guys like Vince Zubats, who's going to be starting. Uh, and whoever else winds up coming off the bench. Mm-hmm. That's what James's role is going to be, and I think it's going to be very easy for him to buy in considering he doesn't have to worry about the contract anymore. He can't get extended this year. That's a 2024 conversation for after the season. For right now, the best thing James can do is help contribute to his first NBA championship. 
Lawrence Murray is our guest, uh, the athletic uh, covering the uh, Clippers, and uh, we're dissecting uh, the trade for James Harden. Uh, Kevin Carries, David Schlemko on Sports 1440. Schlemmer, you got one for Lawrence? Yeah, just with all the superstar talent, uh, how fast do you see this team kind of coming together, gelling with the uh, different personalities and possibly egos? Man, I think the, the because these guys know each other and they're basically from the same area, I think that part uh, is going to be accelerated. Uh, but on-court fit with a guy who is not a role player at all in James Harden, you know, I can I can see this being a, an interesting November for these guys. Uh, I, I really can see them probably going through the schedule and splitting um, splitting the schedule. And so that's obviously going to be the growing pains part. But as long as I think the most important thing is for those guys to get games and get minutes and simple as that. Um, we saw James in Brooklyn. Everyone loves to call Brooklyn a failure, but that was a failure because those guys just couldn't play the games together. And the dynamic was off from there. If Paul, Kawhi, James, and Russ play legitimate games, I don't want to come back here in March and say, oh, these guys have not even played 10 games together yet, the four of them at the same time. The most important thing these guys can do is stay healthy and get through this season with wins uh, winning a good 60 to 70% of these games uh, so that they can be ready for the playoffs. That is all the chemistry, all yeah. the continuity that needs to be built. Yeah. Do it on the floor and, and do it early. And that's a long ways away, too, for sure. Lawrence Murray from The Athletic is our guest on Sports 1440. Uh, as I mentioned to you earlier, Lawrence, we had Keith Pompey from the Philadelphia Inquirer on uh, earlier on the show, and he felt that the sentiment in Philadelphia was that uh, the Clippers, and yeah, yeah, you're getting the best player in the deal, but the 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 Sixers didn't acquire enough uh, in compensation for Harden. Uh, is that the feeling in Los Angeles as well? I think the the Clippers should be thrilled because we don't ever talk about the Clippers draft picks for a reason. Like one, they don't have them. <laughs> it's true when they do have them, they don't always make it to the second contract. So, I mean. If you're trying to win a chip, like you're you're not just trying to win a chip. You're trying to win a chip with older guys who lost time due to these serious season-ending injuries. You ain't got time. So like they kept the guys that they needed to keep out of the deal, out of the deal. Uh, you know, respect to Marcus Morris, Nicola Batum, Robert Covington, and and KJ Martin. But I saw all those dudes out of the rotation, except maybe Nico. But I think this would have been a year where. Everybody fully healthy. I don't know if Nico plays. I don't think the Clippers wanted to trade Nicholas Batum at all. I don't think they really wanted to trade Robert Covington. Dude, starting. They didn't want to trade KJ Martin. Uh, Marcus, I'd be, I'd be lying if I were to say that. Like, I think his time in LA ran its course, and Marcus would agree with that statement. I think all these guys are ready for a fresh start, um, but they are relatively replaceable. The trade those. I'm looking at this trade as. You know, Marcus Morris for <laughs> James Harden. <laughs> if you're the Clippers, yeah, you, you took some additional hits to your draft capital, but like, this is your this is a great shot to take for this year in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Win now, yeah, win now. I mean, and having said that, uh, Lawrence, I mean, 
Western Conference with Denver and Dallas off to good starts. Clippers there too as well. How do you see the West kind of shake down here? Man, I'd make my prediction before the regular season, but after the preseason, which means I'm not the type to, you know, I, I really like looking at, at things from a perspective of the regular season in the NBA. This is not like the NFL. Uh, you know, we all know moves are going to be made and it's a longer season as far as player availability. And so what? how good do you feel about a team coming out of the preseason? But also, how good do you feel about a team's possibilities as far as transactions goes, given the assets that they have? And I thought the Clippers could easily be a top-four team in the West. And then from there, I felt like they could upset a team like Phoenix, who I think Phoenix has uh, some regular season firepower, right? But I feel like they could get past a team like them, get to the conference finals. I'm not there yet on them beating Denver. I think Denver has a massive size and continuity advantage, the confidence of beating the Clippers. Denver probably is a better regular season team, and home court advantage in Denver hits different. That's going to be um, where I stop as far as the ascent of the Clippers. But I'm only I'm only paper man. Like I don't play the game. <laughs> I'm not going to be anything on the court. So what I think is going to be just reevaluated uh, at the end of the season, just like everything else. Well, I uh, appreciate all your insight, uh, Lawrence. That was a lot of fun to talk to you about uh, uh, the trade and, uh, and the Clippers moving forward. Uh, take care and enjoy that uh, Lakers-Clippers uh, game for sure. Hey, thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for having uh, or being on. Lawrence uh, Murray, the athletic covering the L.A. Clippers and elevating our game, and maybe the Clippers can elevate uh, their game with the addition of uh, of James Harden, uh, that was Elevate Your Game by Ram Elevators and Lifts, uh, manufacturing the safest elevators since 1987. TrustRam.com. Well, I think our uh, guest for uh, 1020, Conde Mansoury, is somewhere in the mall. (laughs) (laughs) I was just kind of getting an email and a text uh, about that right now. We'll try to track him down. It can't, you know, at this time of the day, it's... You know, right, Duke. I mean, it's not a busy time of the day in the mall, but some mall walkers. There's a lot of mall walkers that come by our studios. <laughs> There's always lots of mall walkers, and uh, this will far from be the first, and even further from the last of our in-studio guests uh, across programming here in Sports 1440 that is lost in the Great West Edmonton Mall, or as apparently as it's called in Edmonton. If you grew up here, just the, the mall, mall. Oh, yeah. the mall, <laughs> the mall. It was the mall that has it all. We used to rhyme it, right? There you, you go. Uh, so hopefully, uh, Conde Mansoury um, from uh, Born to Be Soccer will guest with us here in about five minutes if he can find the studio. <laughs> 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 That's coming up on the Kevin Carey Show with David Schlemko on Sports 1440 right after the break. Stay with us. All right, welcome back to the big program. Kevin Carey Show with uh, co-host on Wednesdays, David Schlemko. And uh, time to go in the community for United Sport and Cycle. Hockey days are on at United Sport and Cycle. You can save up to 35% off. United Sport and Cycle, your home of hockey for over 95 years as we welcome in Condé Macerate to the studio at the West Edmonton Mall Stingray Studios here. Um, 
Connie, welcome to the program. You just made her in on time. You just you were wandering around. We thought you might have been a mall walker. No, thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here. Well, it's good to have you. So uh, it's been a, an exciting time for your program that you kind of got up and running. But uh, now you're being known as what they call is a game changer that's uh, uh, part of a Volkswagen program. But uh, being a game changer, being recognized for what you've started here with uh, Born to be Soccer. What is B2B Soccer? Um, just like the, the word in it, Born to be, uh, we create a program for the players players in our community, North, North Edmonton. Um, it's now expanded to all over um, Edmonton um, and, and the surrounding areas. So we create a program just to give um, children and, and young kids a place to, to just play, enjoy themselves, um, just come together and just and learn the game of soccer, hmm. and now it's just gotten um, gotten a little bit bigger. Um, we have about six hundred and fifty members wow. now, um, and we have from U four all the way to the semi professional. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're very happy with the growth of the program over the years. When did it start? And just to discuss the evolution of the growth of the program. Yeah, we started in 20, 2013. Um, with about six, six to seven um, kids in our community. And uh, we used to go twice a week mm-hmm. um, at the Queen Elizabeth High School fields. And every week we just kept ha- um, having more kids come out. Um, by the end of the season, we had like 40 kids training with us. And we just became like a training program even during the winter season. Um, and recently, the last three years, uh, with, a, with the work with a lot of people behind the scenes, um, we became a fully-fledged club. So the players are with us um, all the time. They play league games with us. They travel to different tournaments around the country with us. So, yeah, so that's basically the evolution the last few years. Condé Masseri is our guest. Uh, a game changer, if you want to call it, on the uh, Kevin Carey Show with David Schlemko. Schlemmer. So, Condé, awesome. Love the program, uh, especially as a kid who grew up in North Edmonton. Um so what's your story kind of soccer wise? Did you grow up here playing or kind of what, what got you into starting this BTB program? Um, I was born in Sierra Leone, West Africa. Um, so cool. in a country where there's around 1 million people, all we know, all we know is soccer. So I grew up <laughs> yeah. playing soccer. I moved here when I was 10 years old. Um, got, got right into soccer. That's how I made my friends. Um, that's how I met people. Um, then, yeah, I moved to Edmonton. I was in Halifax. I moved to Edmonton about 17 years old. I um, played soccer at the university. Um, first, I played at Grand, Grand Perry. Um, now, then I finished off at Grammy Kewin. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, the reason I started BTB is just because um, when I used to come from Grand Perry down to Edmonton, a lot of the kids um, in my community would come to my auntie, to my auntie's house, mm. and they'll just be in the house the whole day doing nothing, right? I'm just right. watching TV. Um, all the community members used to drop the kids off at my auntie's house. So there'd be like 10 kids. <laughs> so this is how we actually started. Just like, okay, let's take these kids outside just to get them active. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's the reason B2B was started, just to get those kids in my, in my family active. And I think it's great now that we're able to um, branch out to different families around Edmonton and surrounding areas. Yeah, that's the most important cool. part is to, to branch out to the families as we're guesting with Condé Mansouré. Um, it's an, an initiative where they've recognized um, individuals from across Canada that have uh, helped grow soccer, helped uh, build soccer, and, and trying to um, increase not just participation, but, you know, that's how you build youth. Yeah. And is that one of the, pro, um, the, the priorities of your program to, you know, we all know they're, 
to find the next Alfonso Davies is <laughs> is few and you know it's like a miracle it would have to happen again to have a, a player of that uh, quality to go where Alfonso does but it kind of all started for Alfonso in a similar fashion so uh, but it's about building the person building yeah. the child to be a better person moving forward uh, just touch on uh, that direction of what you want your program to be uh, we, we have four core values at the club um, it starts with love uh, we want to show love and, and care love I'll give you the four first for love care discipline and best of ability um, so we always want to show love and care to every single player that comes to our program uh, we also want to make sure they're disciplined that means they show up on time um, they, they work hard um, they show up to school they work hard in school so mm-hmm. we, we, we put a big emphasis on school uh, with the players um, it's not just about being a good soccer player but also being a good student um, but yeah, that love and care, we try to, we try to like portray that doing all our practices, um, conversation with the, with, the, with the players before practice, after practice, doing practice. Um, yeah, so I think we, we always kind of focus on those four values of all the players. Go ahead, Dave. Awesome. Uh, do you think you could kind of just explain like what a day at the BTV program looks like? Is, is school involved in the program or is that kind of a separate entity? And do they come in in the morning? Do they come in at night? They practice um, every day. Yeah, the the players go go to school, so it's it's a different entity. Okay, and uh, we're more of an evening and weekend program. Right. Um, we have different type of programming. We have a program that's for the grassroots, so when you're beginning soccer, they go twice a week. Uh, then we have once you you've, you finish that grassroots phase, we go we go into two streams. There's a competitive stream which is um, U13 to U17, which is more like a recreational type of style, um, yep. but still, you're still looking to improve. And we have a high performance phase where like, you're, you want to be a soccer player, you want to get a scholarship, you want to go pro, like in that type of mentality that we try to instill in the kids. Yeah. And um, it's more demanding. So they go four times a week. Um, they do three practice um, and they also do a game. Um, and the outdoors, no, we also do strength and conditioning, sports psychology, nutrition. Wow. So there's a, there's a holistic development of the play, of the person. Yeah. That we try to do the high performance program. Um, then we also recently added our semi professional. So it's, it's, it's launching this, it's launched last past, this past outdoor um, as an exhibition season. So this coming April, we're going to launch it fully as a semi professional league in, mm-hmm. in Alberta. So we're one of the founding members. Um, so our most talented players, former professionals, um, also um, university players, they're all going to be playing in this league um, wow. for B2B. And Alfonso was actually one, one of the games for B2B, mm. um, just to try to like hype up the league a little bit. Yeah, that's yeah. great. That's uh, cool stuff. As Conde Mansuri uh, is our guest on the Carius Schlemko show on Sports uh, 1440, is the Canadian Premier League has uh, partnered up with the Volkswagen Canada to um, recognize, I guess, uh, Canadians who are positively impacting uh, the communities through soccer and, and things like that. So facilities and funding. Those yeah. are always two challenges that uh, organizations face. How are you um, taking that um, challenge head on here? Um, facility, it's 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 a it's a big issue for like every soccer organization in, in Edmonton, probably Alberta. Alberta. Um, it's in the winter time. It's very difficult to find space. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, we have that problem. Uh, I'll, I'll, 
we're able to find solutions with school gyms. So the city of Edmonton has done a great job partnering with, with different organizations for school gyms. Mm-hmm. Um, but we need more facilities. We need more, um, I think soccer is played maybe four months in the outdoor season. And in the indoor season, it's another what? Another eight months? Yeah. Um, starting from September. So it's very difficult to find space. Um, yeah, and also with funding, soccer is becoming an expensive sport. I think it's always been like uh, an affordable sport for even for me growing up. It was very mm-hmm. affordable for my parents to pay. But I think now, if you want to be in a B to be a high performance program, it's not cheap. Yeah, right. Just because the facility rental, the staff, um, the equipment, everything that goes into running a program is very expensive, right? So now with, with limited funding or to no funding, um, actually we don't we don't get funding when it comes to mm-hmm. operating B two B. It's very difficult. Uh, but we also want to thank Kidsport and Jumpstart. Uh, they've done an amazing job to to help the players that need it. Um, they're big partners for us. Every single season, they make sure they provide some funding to players to um, to be able to access um, playing the sport. Condé Mansouri is our uh, guest uh, in the Sports 1440 uh, studios. Um, you were saying in, right before you came in that you know, I said, is the season kind of you know, winding down? And you're like, well, it's almost, it's just starting again. Because yeah. as you said, you're just kind of touching on it. The fact that it's almost year round, you're just going, you know, month to month to month. So um, how do you kind of do that in the sense of the season is never ending, I guess? Um, I think, I think it's a, sometimes we think it's a problem at B2B, but I think it's actually a blessing. <laughs> Because um, the season does finish in July and the finish season starts again in October. But I think for our teams, especially our high-performance teams, they they continue to play in provincials. Mm-hmm. So once the finish is done, season is done in July, they will continue in August provincials. Then um, we're very blessed the last the last two years. Um, we'll be able to make it to nationals. So there's like the best teams in the country meeting at, at a certain province. Um, last year, we took two teams to nationals. Both teams made it to the national finals. Uh, fortunately, we lost in the finals both teams. Um, this this past year, we just came back. Uh, we took three teams to nationals, uh, which is a big accomplishment for any team in Edmonton. Uh, one team won the national championship, the U15 boys, and um, the U17 boys finished um, runner-up, so we lost again in the finals, <laughs> unfortunately. Um, and the U- U15 girls finished sixth. Um, so yeah, so that's why like the season's never ending because as, as soon as the season's done, there's provincials, and mm-hmm. we've been blessed and lucky to be able to go to nationals the last two years. Uh, text coming in one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. Texters just uh, inquiring about how you um, slot teams in divisions. How's that sound? Um, that's that's a great question. Um, we in BTB we always make a, a number one team a number two team. Mm-hmm. So the number one team always plays in the highest division, and number two teams will play in the second division. Um, in some cases in B2B, we do have maybe 30 players that are at a, at a good level. Um, they're a good experience. They've been trained very well by the club. And we put them both in the same division, right, because they're mm-hmm. able to compete against each other. They're able to compete against the best in the city. Um, so that's how we do it. Well, uh, Conde, are we missing anything that you want to touch on here? I mean, the mic's yours if you're if there's something that you wanted to touch on or, or thank or, or, you know, just uh, with the kids, uh, what they've kind of looked at and how they're responding to the program. Uh, anything you want to add? Um, yeah, for me, I would like to thank a few people. Um, we have the parents, right? The parent, without the parents, there's no, there's no BTB. Um, the amazing support over the years, um, bringing the, the players to the, to the practices, to the games, 
and also like anything that we need support with fundraisers they're always there to, to help us mm-hmm. um, there's also some key player people um, with B2B um, Pius Ishikweni is one of the key people with me since we started um, Talal Alouade is also one of the key people with us he works with Alfonso now on a full time basis okay. um, Ted Naylor um, Curry Naylor there's a few board members that are They've done an amazing job just being there to support us, whatever we need. Um, so, yeah, so we're very thankful um, for everyone. I think the soccer community, we're all coming together. Alberta Soccer, MSA, we're all coming together trying to make soccer very, very um, affordable, very um, inclusive very inclusive yep. for, for every member, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think, yeah, that's, that's, that's an excellent word, yeah. word, yeah. Well, appreciate you coming in, and now you can walk them all a little bit more. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. Thanks, Conde. That's Conde Mansoury uh, from Born to Be Soccer as we went uh, in the community for uh, United Sport and Cycle, uh, a fourth-generation family-owned and operated business uh, in Old Strathcona for over 95 years. Uh, we're back to wrap things up on the Kevin Carey Show with David Schlemko right after the break. Stay with us. All right, welcome back to the big program. Text coming into one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. 1440 Remember, we're talking about shishliki? Yep. Okay, so you've never had it. Maybe you want to have it now. This is a... Uh, Maybe. Never got a... Uh, <laughs> this is... Uh, Liz claimed this was the famous uh, recipe, and it came in sideways, so i got to kind of turn my head. Uh, in a glass crock, you layer lots of sliced onions, uh, lemons... And then lamb chops. And then you keep uh, putting that. You got pepper, then more lemon slices, more onion. Press down, cover with saran for three or four days in cold storage. Um, That's a commitment. Yeah. Can be barbecued. Made Thursday for the weekend or something like that. Uh, it was just this is a handwritten recipe that came in, Duke. I love this kind oh, of stuff. It must this be is, a good one. Though. Well, you know when you get the handwritten stuff. I mean that is Grandma's recipe yeah. right there. Uh, yes, very, very <coughs> neat. Um, you know what? I, I think I know who that came in from. Now <laughs> I recognize the writing. <laughs> Your grandma? No, I think it was my mom, but I'm not sure. Well, do you well, recognize the phone number no, at the top, Kevin? I don't recognize because the number, you know, no one recognizes numbers anymore. Not even your own mom's? Well, it's just mom. <laughs> it's just mom, right? You know, I'll check. I think that's it probably. I don't know. You know, but it's sideways. But I, it's, it looks like her old cookbook. So, um, Shishliki. Used to have it lots all the time. I'll have to try it. Um so what did you want to talk about, Schlemmer? We got about 10 minutes here. Well, one thing I wanted to talk about, I wanted to get some input from, from our fans here. Yeah. We talked about the break. I'm, I'm moving, building a house. So I've been, been looking at a lot of houses. And one thing that's pretty common now is the golf simulator built right Ooh. into the basement. I want, to, I want to hear from some fans okay. on some ideas on that. Is it, is it worth it? If you have one, do you still use it? Listers, text us in. Yeah. Text, uh, I, I want one. I don't know if the wife's going to be down <laughs> for it. but So one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. I'll bet that she'll say, go ahead, Dave, out in the garage. <laughs> That's just fine. I don't think I want to hear that whap, whap, whap every time down in the basement. You could probably soundproof it pretty decently. Have you seen some of those yeah. setups in the new yeah, homes now? Yeah, they're nice, they're so looks, obviously. Looks real nice. So if you do it in the basement, the first thing that you got to do is you have to make sure that your foundation that is poured... Uh, it has to be sunken in another two or three, four feet. 
right. uh, because you need the height. Most basements are not as high as some 11 or 12 foot uh, ceilings and, and studs and, and walls that you would put up in uh, on your main floor or your second floor. Uh, basements are usually a little bit lower, but uh, that's one thing that you have to do for sure. Uh, the hammer says a golf simulator. That's AM radio money. Wow. <laughs> I think that's probably more uh, think, 400 games in the yeah. NHL type yes. money, but you know, don't call me crazy. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> um, oh, that's good. We were actually looking at one. Yeah. Uh, cause we built the house about seven years ago and we're looking at one. That was one of the main things. So, even and not necessarily your whole basement. No, you can probably just do. You can do an area where you're going to have steps that go down when they pour exactly. the foundation. That is, you know, probably a minimum two feet, maybe three feet yeah, like that are lower. Stairs down, yeah, right? Just yeah. a couple stairs. Um, what about at the at the farm, Duke? Do you got a golf simulator out in the barn there, or what? Uh, no, it's called my own personal driving range, where I tee him up right in the front lawn and pump him out across the slough into the uh, other slough across the road. That sounds like uh, that sounds like Kramer from uh, Seinfeld. Very, very similar, yeah. but thankfully yeah. there's no whales uh, yeah. swimming out in the yeah. old lagoon that I'm worried about uh, plugging up the blowhole on. Yeah, so he don't get the yeah. balls back though. Uh, well, it depends because uh, obviously there's a couple that. Um, because the, the yard is kind of like elevated and it goes down into this almost, not valley, but the there's a good rim along the edge of this mm-hmm. uh, the main slough in the yard and then the road that rims around the yard well, and then another one across. So if I like, unless I really get a hold of them, a lot of them actually just <laughs> land on the hillside so I can go over and uh, go for a little afternoon or evening walk in the summertime as the sun's going down and pick them up uh, out of the black dirt. They stick out really nice that way. Oh, so, okay. But, okay, uh, but these ones, the balls that I'm hitting there, they're the old uh, Walmart recycled bag of 60 for like $15 that I'm pumping out across uh, the well, yard. Okay, first of all... You can afford it with all how, that AM radio yeah. money. <laughs> <laughs> how big is the slough? Like, uh, from the from where the yard is across the road, it's like a couple hundred yards across okay. there. Like, this is a very, very simple solution for you, Duke. Tie a string to them. No, you go out... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Go out to Cougar Creek and you buy... Off of Cougar Creek, you buy about, I don't know, 100 floatable golf balls. Oh, and now you yeah. just have your mat out there, and you're hitting balls into the slough. That's, a, you know, there you go. Smart, actually. Um, actually, just you know the, what? Just throw the hip waders on and go out and pick them up by hand. <laughs> slough's not very deep, yeah. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> well, at least they're still floating. We actually did a story when I was working at Global. Johnny Sexsmith did it. And... Uh, it was funny because Jason Zubak responded. I said, uh, coming up, you know, we did a promo, uh, the longest drive in the history of golf. And Jason Zubak uh, sent a text to me. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? And uh, basically what happened was a ball from Cougar Creek ended up in Australia. Somehow it floated out down a creek. Duke, oh, I know you don't. <laughs> I don't believe that's that. That's a true a story. Second. That is a true story. <laughs> Like, why doesn't anyone believe that story? It's true. <laughs> How do you prove that? <laughs> well, it floated. We had we talked about this expert that ran the currents, and it went, it got out to wherever, and it just it took several years, and really? I found it in some swamp at a farm in Australia. Well, I've been to Cougar Creek. I don't think it says Cougar Creek on those crappy yeah, little yellow it does. golf balls. It does. It does. <laughs> does it? Yeah. You know, 
Duke, have some faith. Come on, man. Uh, You're right. Uh, well, this is Positivity Wednesday. Or uh, feel good story, I, dude. I believe I believe you, Kevin. <laughs> that a ball from Cougar Creek ended up in Australia by ways of the Pacific Ocean. It's a floatable ball. <laughs> you know, it happened. It did. Uh, text comes in from Hardy Ash Schlemmer when he's going to update his golf clubs. This year, that Bruce. Happening? Yeah. This year, yeah. I need a new set. So, like, what are you, what are you hitting, McGregor's or what? No, I got tailor-made, so just, okay. they're, they're getting a little old. Well, might be able to help you out with that. Yeah. So, uh, how old are they? Oh, they're getting up there. Probably, like, at least eight years old now, my irons. I need new irons. Uh, well, no one really wants to help you out with this golf simulator. The old no. hammer's just, uh, that's about it, AM radio money. All right. If, uh, if you know about what the pros and cons are of a, a golf simulator in your house send us off a text one 401 1440 i actually had uh, the guys from the ranch ask me to go out there on saturday uh to hit some balls because they got the simulator going seems like all the courses have them now yeah, in the winter i mean that's you know it it's you have leagues you know they're just yeah. trying to copy what uh, you know all the golf courses are copying what you know the indoor golf uh, ranges are doing right Right, so make some money in the, well, in the there, off season. There are tons of golf leagues that are winter leagues on the simulators. Have you ever done that? I've played on the simulators. It's I find it tough to chip and putt. Honestly, hmm. it seems so true, but uh, it's better than nothing. It is better than nothing. At least a guy swinging a club. All right, uh, Oilers take on uh, Dallas Stars tomorrow. They're practicing today at eleven. Uh, Dallas plays in Calgary tonight. It'll be their third. Game in four days uh, tomorrow for the Oilers when they hook up with the Stars. Thoughts on tomorrow's game coming up after the uh, Heritage Classic, Dave? we got to carry some of that momentum, right? A uh, couple, few days, good days of practice now. You'd think they're, they're feeling good and want to carry some of that momentum into Thursday. Uh, like you said, Dallas coming in on a back-to-back, a three and four. I think the start's going to be huge. You know, if they could come out and be heavy on the forecheck, play in the ozone, and and be up by a goal or two after the first, I think that's the recipe. What do you make of the Dallas Stars team? I think they're they've been a really good team for a long time that just hasn't quite been there. I mean, I remember back to even when I was there for a little bit, mm-hmm. maybe seven, eight years ago, and just a star-studded team that just couldn't quite figure it out. And I feel like they've been right there the past five, six, seven years. They're a playoff team every year. They've got great goaltending in Ottinger now. Heiskanen is yeah. unbelievable on the back end. And, you know, they got a good mix of skill, young and old up front too. Robertson's a pure goal scorer. And my old teammate Joe Pavelski there is <laughs> still, still, getting, going, still getting her done. Oh, man, is he ever. I mean... Uh, 39 years old now. Yeah. And, uh, one of the just, worst skaters in the league, but still filling the net. <laughs> filling the net is right. When you mentioned, uh, Miro Heiskinen is, uh, we're guesting, uh, well, co-hosting uh, Dave Schlemko on the carry show on sports 1440. Miro Heiskinen, where, where do you rank him? Is he a top five defenseman in the league? Is he? In my eyes. In absolutely. He does it all. I mean, he skates like the wind. Uh, it's great defensively chips in offensively. Just, uh, just an unbelievable two-way player. <laughs> uh, text coming in one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. Played lots with Schlem. Needs more than clubs and a simulator to help his game from Who's? the from the best. 
<laughs> you know who it is? Yeah, it's one of my buddies. From Glendale or what? He's not any better than not, me. Yeah, not a buddy anymore. <laughs> um, imitation Tom uh, says, simulators... Uh, don't read my drive right. Indoors, I pipe at 250 every time down the middle. Outside, it typically goes 50 yards. <laughs> Isn't that how you feel, too? Oh, I really got a hold of that one. Um, yeah, hitting off the mat can be deceiving yeah. for a guy. That's for sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> this is actually kind of funny. Uh, uh, oil Boots or Blair in Calgary. Haha, ha, funny you mentioned Jason Zubak. I accidentally insulted him when he was 17. He was blasting balls off the tee at hole nine in Drayton Valley back in his prime. He kept switching drivers, so I asked, not hitting them well today? He, <laughs> he looked at me and said, really? As he's pounding them 350, 400 yards. That comes from Oil Boots. You know, probably what he probably had about, I don't know, 50 shafts going, right? Yeah. Because those guys, like their shafts are just crazy. Um, they're more whippy, I think, aren't they, for the big hitters? Well, they're longer. Longer? Sure. Yeah. That's, That's kind of like when you ask Chad Kroger <laughs> yeah. what he does for a living. <laughs> uh, well, people believed in the COVID scam. Why not believe in golf ball floating to Australia? Fair enough. Right on. Thanks, Brian. Yeah, thanks, Brian. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm trying to have, Okay. We had, like, Johnny Sexman did the story. We had guys. I feel like I remember scientists. This, We had scientists on this. I remember hearing about this. Yeah. You don't believe it, Duke? <laughs> I'd like to. Do you still have the uh, the footage of this piece that okay. uh, I'll tell you what, Johnny you, did? I'd if, love to watch it and actually see the these scientists um, that confirm it, the, uh, the tide experts and the current experts. I'm, uh, I'd like you to send me the link if I can check that out on the YouTube or something. Um, while, uh, while Kevin's okay. looking up, I wanted to There ask, it is, right here. I wanted to ask Schlemko. May 5th, uh, <laughs> May 5th, there's the story. Johnny did it. Nobody knows uh, how or when, but somehow a golf ball from Cougar Creek in Alberta went on to what could be the world's longest drive. May 5th, 2021. I remember it like it was yesterday. <laughs> Clearly. The guy's got a picture of the ball. Are you sure there's not a Cougar Creek in Australia? It's got no. Or, oh, I don't know. Somebody traveled from here to Australia and it fell out of their bag or out of their pocket or something. (laughs) There it is. Jake Bahils and Robert Ainsley have been waiting to meet for almost two months now, all because of a weathered old golf ball. Uh, Bahils was seated in his office at Cougar Creek Golf Resort in Parkland County. Ansley was 12,000 kilometers away. Nice to meet you, da-da-da-da. Here she is. They, they said, talking about the Cougar Creek Golf Resort golf ball. All right, well, you're not going to let this go. No. So we believe you. Okay. <laughs> you guys wait and see. Dave, can you believe that uh, Kevin at the Heritage Classic on Sunday, seven rows away yeah. from Nickelback, <laughs> And he didn't even go up and try and chat with his good old buddy, Kroger. Kroger. <laughs> We're tight. Oh, that's great. I'll be honest. Uh, that's the first time I saw Nickelback too, Schlemmer. Yeah. Um, I thought they were fabulous. They're great. I had a blasted. To me, it was, uh, you know, one of the three highlights of the game. Just, you know, uh, the the evening. Yeah. Um, seeing them uh, right up close. Uh, had wonderful uh, vantage point of them. Uh I, I thought that, uh, you know, they did three songs. Yeah. Um, went pretty quick. I was saying, you know, 
what if they just kept going a little longer? Like, what <laughs> they, you know, the NHL, what are they going to do? The guy's going to come, security's going to take him off the stage? People were having a blast. Yeah. Like, I mean, the, when you went into the stands or to the con- the concourse for a beer or whatever in the first period of intermission, you couldn't move. But if you looked around, we looked all you looked way up. The whole place was still full. Everyone was watching the concert. Everyone wanted to see Nickelback. It's not cool to hate them anymore. Yeah, I, oh, I never did hate them. Well, I always me either, them. but a lot of people did. Yeah, I don't know why. I liked them. Uh, what's on the go uh, this week for you, Schlemmer? Uh, Nax, you got? Uh, uh, yeah, we got some skill skates going on, and yeah, just dealing with lawyers and home builders and. Ooh. All that jazz. So well, I want to see this. Busy. Well, I could just see the Duke and I coming in in about uh, eighteen months while this when this thing's done, <laughs> yeah. right? And uh, I'm going to bring in that ball from Cougar Creek. <laughs> and I'm going to pound that thing down the middle, and it's going to be right. It's just going to hit that flack, and it's going to go right off. It's going to go right through the wall yeah. and end up in some <laughs> other country. Eh? <laughs> could you imagine that? Uh, well, have a great week, uh, Schlemmer. We'll. Thanks, Jeff. Are you going to make it to Appreciate the alumni it. skate tomorrow? I'm not sure yet. If I am, I'll oh, deep partners, man. Deep partner, bud. Twin Towers out there. There you go. Twin Towers. Twin Towers. Man. I don't know about that, but <laughs> Twin got, Towers. Yeah, Dinger out there. He's definitely a tower. <laughs> yeah, Dinger's coming tomorrow. Yeah, for Dinger's sure. In. So, uh, uh, thanks to all our guests today on the Kevin Carey Show. Uh, Joe Haggerty, uh, Pucks with Hags, uh, Hacks with Hags, Boston Sports Journal. Boston Hockey Now. He's done it all. He's doing it all. Uh, Mark Spector on the mark for Booster Juice. Uh, Keith Pompey uh, from the Philadelphia Inquirer as we busted down the uh, big trade between the Clippers and the Sixers. Also, Lawrence Murray uh, chimed in from the Athletic uh, from the Clippers angle. He was kind of cool. He was like that dude. He's all everything. Yeah, he was funny, yeah, he was he was funny guy uh, for sure. Christian uh, Chilton, uh, NHL on ESPN. Our headliner of the day from Mr. Reuter and Conde Manzuri uh, was our guest in the studio from BTB, Born to Be Soccer Academy, as we went uh, in the community for United Cycle. And, of course, thanks to David Schlemko, our co-host, uh, 9 to 11 every Thursday, or every Wednesday, pardon me, for Cougar Paint and Collision, powered by Cougar Paint and Collision, our family helping your family for over 40 years, cougarcollision.com. Coming up at the top of the hour, it is Fantasy Frenzy with... Former Rochep T-Bird. Connor Alley and the Duke of Delburn. Brandon Douglas, who doesn't believe in golf balls floating across the world. <laughs> Maybe you should do a golf fantasy draft. What's the longest, uh, you know, what's the longest golf ball ever going? Uh, at uh, 12 o'clock, it'll be the low down. Alan Mitchell uh, checks in from 12 to 2, and then Jason Gregory takes us home 2 to 6 right here on Sports 1440. Uh, thanks for listening today. We'll see you back here tomorrow morning, bright and early at 7 o'clock with our co-host on Thursday's Ladislav Schmid. Have a wonderful day. Thanks for listening. Here is the Duke with a sports update.